All right. Now we're going to talk about uh, the fourth big issues uh, program proposal, and it's uh, called the National Drug Reform Program. And this is what, more than anything else, started me out on this political journey I've been on. Right way back about 1980, when I was working in D.C. Um, again, I'm a political junkie all my life, and I solve problems. I'm a systems analyst. You know, systems analysts are business problems, large and small. That's what we do. Uh, sometimes it takes a computer system. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you just need to uh, really change procedures, and that's all a business situation needs. Sometimes you need to build a whole computer system and put it in. But anyway. So about 1980, I actually did this. I said, okay, what if the Congress came to me and said, uh, Andy, so I used to go by, we want you to figure out how to get hard drugs out of the country, how to solve the drug problem. Because in the early 80s, right, uh, heroin, or not heroin, cocaine was becoming a big problem. You know, pot was the big thing in the 70s, and then Reagan came in and Pot was squashed and cocaine was everywhere and it's, it was just craziness. But anyway, um, so I said, okay. And like any other situation, I said, okay, what do I know? I can start basing my design on. And that started groups of conversation, you know, conversations with many people over the years. And I've been talking with people about this stuff ever since. Thousands of one-on-one -on -one conversations about everything you're hearing today. You're hearing not today, but hearing in these proposals and all my writing. And eventually, you know, I came up with this and that, and the idea was how to get hard drugs, not under control and legalized, because that's not the way to do it, right? but how to get them out. What's the compromise? Well, the compromise, as I came up with it later on, as it got farther into it, um, was to practically legalize pot, which is another uh, one of the proposals, and uh, make it uh, basically a death penalty offense eventually to keep trafficking or distributing and eventually dealing hard drugs in America. Because if you want to end a war, any war, whether it's the one with uh, uh, ISIL, whatever they want to call you know, the, uh, the uh, terrorist, you know, little terrorist group over in the Middle East now that's causing so much trouble, or, or any other war, there's only one, there's only a couple ways to end war. Either you have to kill enough and the right people, okay, the right people, okay, or you have to pay off whoever you have to pay off to bring peace. There's no other way, or else it just keeps on going. And you can look at every war we've ever been in or had, and it's pretty much, you know, you run out of people to kill, or you run out of people that want to die, right, or you pay them off, right, and that's it. I digress a little bit there, but that's it. Now, there's just way too much money in drugs, all right? Um, it's terrible. I mean, for me, uh, in recent years, the uh, the heroin problem is unbelievable. I've seen programs of how they deal with drug users in Boston. Uh, there was one on a few weeks ago about the fact that uh, in the state of Ohio, there's 23 overdoses of heroin every week. 23 people dead from heroin overdose in one state, right? And the government, our federal government, you go to your go to your rep who wants to get reelected, ask them what they're doing to stop the heroin problem. They'll go, duh, it's not my job. Yes it is, right? Anyway. 
Um, I get a little bit emphatic about this, you know, wound up about this because it's just terrible. Now, so basically what I, what I came up with was a way to basically gather the addicts up and take them to farms uh, in the country and help, and help them go through a multi-month, multi-year, whatever detox program, hardcore detox program, right? And what you do is after you basically assign a national hard drug sale cutoff date. Sounds a little silly, but it worked. It would work. Let's say April 15th of next year, we say, if you're caught traffic, trafficking, distributing, or dealing heroin, not heroin, heroin, crack, cocaine, whatever, you're going to have three chances maximum. All right? I'm going to go through this real quick. All right? Um, you get three chances maybe two because it's going to be so well known um, but basically you get caught you get tried you get convicted right and if it's a victimless apprehension meaning nothing was killed you were just caught with the product with enough product there's no question you were trafficking distributing selling whatever then you you don't go to jail okay mm -hmm. you go into probation and you go back into that reemployment system I talked about a minute ago What's your education? What's your vocation? What's your social skills? What can you do other than this? Can you get, of course, you're on probation for a while, absolutely, and uh, you get you get two more chances of that. Let's say months or a year later, you're caught again doing this, caught, tried, convicted, back in the rehabilitation system. Upon your third apprehension, okay, uh, and again you get a standard trial court uh, trial in every one of these situations upon the third apprehension all right you still get another court trial and it's actually guilty or not guilty period once on that third uh, category that third pass okay, your third conviction um, and the evidence will be reviewed by whatever jury needs to certify it right you're guilty 90 days after that third guilty decision you will that person will get the death penalty and that's it. That's the way it works. All right. uh, pot will be fully legalized. We're going to do that anyway. All right. And this is the only way to, to break it. You have to make it. Um, and over time, it'll go from three chances down to two chances. We're just going to leave it right on off. Again, this sounds a little barbaric or whatever to some people. But I laid this same program out to hundreds of people. And I laid it out to some people that I would only be able to describe as screaming liberals, all right, and I figured this will put it to the test. And I got done going through the lengthy de you know, description of all this with more than a couple of these people, and at the end of it they went, that's fair. You've given them three chances and all this help in between, and if they can't figure it out, we're not going to waste money on them anymore, any more time. So once I got that, I knew I had a pretty good plan. So it's 137 pages. I published it in 2003, and it's out on the website. You can download it for free. Okay. So, a couple other thoughts. Um, the problem with heroin right now is it's incredibly cheap, evidently, everywhere. And um, our buddies, you know, our drug uh, war uh, partners in the Mexican government, okay, um, you know, that's just a complete joke. We know where the drug lords live. We know where their plantations are. They're growing the crop for cocaine 
in Mexico now. Right? It's there. We have Google Maps. We can see the stuff. And say, well, well, you know, they can't have trouble finding the drug lords and all that stuff. This is a bunch of baloney. There's just an awful lot of money being made on both sides of the border by good people, supposedly, and certainly by bad people. But let me give you a little idea about the ability of our surveillance uh, community. Right? And this goes back to the early 1970s. And I told many people this story to give you an idea of what was available then as to what could possibly be available now. It was on the evening news one evening, NBC, ABC, whatever, from whatever station I was watching that evening, and they had the, hey, we got this uh, satellite for for you. Cool, you know, satellites were still kind of new in those days. We'd only been on the moon three years earlier, right? So, it showed a you know, visual from outer space of Asia. Then it zeroed in on Southeast Asia, and the knob was still on. It zeroed in so you could see the outline of Vietnam. Showed, zoomed in on Hanoi Harbor. Hanoi's the capital, and it zoomed into the harbor, you could see the boats, it zoomed in, you could see trucks, cars, people, really, and it zoomed in until they showed you the license plate on the truck sitting on the harbor, uh, getting loaded in Hanoi, getting offloaded in Hanoi Harbor, right, and that was over 40 years ago, okay, can you imagine what we can see now, right, so, to say that we can't stop the drug flow, that we can't go get these guys, and, and like I said, if you want to end a war, you've got two ways to do it. You've got to kill enough or the right people, or you've got to pay the right people off. And the drug lords down there have got to switch themselves over, and what they're going to start doing is they're going to start growing food right, for their people. And probably hemp wouldn't be bad either, but they can do some things with it themselves. Right? Um, that gives you a pretty good idea of the National Drug Reform proposal. And uh, it's just terrible what heroin is doing in this country right now. And our government, when you again, when you go think about voting these people back in office, your senators, your one of your states is one of the 34 states that's reelecting the senator this time, <clears throat> what are they doing about this? Okay, what are uh, your, What's your House of Representatives doing about it? You know, say, well, we need more treatment. We need no, we don't need more treatment. We need to cut off the source of the problem. If somebody can't get something, they can't be addicted to it. Period. Anyway, enough of that. If you found that interesting, and hopefully we can get together and take care of that problem. Take care and see you next time.